Hello, friends. It's Ann West, Executive Director of the Island Health and Wellness Foundation, and we are back with another episode of the Just for the Health of It podcast. My guest today is Savannah Steiger. Savannah is actually a second-time guest on the podcast. She's a care coordinator and educator for the Sunrise Opportunities Prevention Council. Savannah is here today, though, for a special reason, and that is because April is National Child Abuse Prevention Month. And so just a trigger warning for anyone of my listeners um, who are listening to this, that we will be talking about um, child abuse and neglect during this conversation. Savannah will provide some resources um, later in the podcast if you do have a case in your life where you suspect there may be child abuse and neglect. However, I will say, if you or someone else is in immediate danger, please call 911. With that, I'm gonna welcome Savannah again. I'm so glad to have you. And you've already told us on, a, on our previous podcast who you are and what you do. So let's jump right into it. What is the Prevention Council? Hi, so the Prevention Council is the primary resource for professionals, families, and community members to obtain information and resources about the prevention of child abuse and neglect. That's why it's called the Prevention Council. Very nice. So how and when did did you get started? Um, So originally this one started in Washington County and we are part of Sunrise Opportunities And so in 2017, the Prevention Council approached the Maine Children's Trust about becoming the voice in Washington County because um, Sunrise Opportunities realized how important the work of child abuse and prevention is in our community. And so then in July of 2017, Sunrise Opportunities signed an MOU with the Maine Children's Trust, but we didn't really get started, started going until January 2018. And now we're pretty busy in Washington County. And in 2020 is when we got the contract to expand in Hancock County. And right now we're just planting all of the seeds and starting to see our work grow in Hancock County. Very nice. So how many councils in total are there in the state of Maine? So what's really neat is each county has its own prevention council, but some councils cover multiple counties. So in all there's 13 councils, but I think there's 16 counties in Maine. Yeah, but there's absolutely. Multiple, like we, I didn't, I didn't grow up in Maine, so I don't know the song. Everyone knows that song. I was just going to say, I could sing you the song right now, but you don't want that. Not on air. No, that's okay. (laughs) Um, But so there's 13 councils in Maine and you can find them. If you just look up the Maine Children's Trust website, like you can just Google that and then their webpage will have all the information. So if you live in, you know, a different County than Hancock, you can just click on your County and you can get taken to that specific council's website and learn more about what they're doing and what they're offering. Excellent. So I'm assuming that all of the prevention councils kind of share the same focus or vision. What is that? Yeah. So our focus is to reduce child abuse and neglect through prevention efforts and to lessen the risk factors in a home. Prevention focuses on what we can do for families and community members to strengthen healthy relationships and parenting skills which in turn reduce the potential for abuse and neglect. We believe the more tools a parent has in their toolbox, the stronger the family becomes. And the word tools refers to offering parenting education, concrete supports, community trainings, playgroups, and parenting support groups. Excellent. So just kind of zooming out for a second, child abuse and neglect is a term 
or a, a phrase that we all tend to use and it kind of rolls off the tongue. But can you actually tell us what is considered child abuse and neglect? Yes, and this is a definition that we give in the mandated reporter training. So it's abuse or neglect is a threat to a child's health or welfare due to physical, mental, or emotional injury or impairment, sexual abuse or exploration, lack of essential needs, or lack of protection from these by a parent or caregiver responsible for the child. Um, you know, when we hear child abuse and neglect, we often think of like the big one, right? Like, like people hitting their kids or sexual yes. abuse. But it's, you know, it's beyond that. It can be mental and it can be emotional, you know, so it can be a lot of things. It encompasses a lot of stuff. Okay. That's really helpful because I do, when I hear child abuse, I think of exactly what you said, someone beating their child and that it obviously is much bigger than that. And there can be other things that are also considered abuse and neglect. Um, So what are the risk factors for child abuse and neglect? So in our community, the biggest risk factors are drug and alcohol abuse by the parent, domestic violence, and mental health needs. But it's important to know that if you and your family are experiencing any of these risk factors, it does not mean that you will abuse your children. That's, that's just what we see. You know, We see those risk factors, and then often child abuse and neglect can follow. But not always. It doesn't always happen that way. Okay. So... Um... Why do you think, though, it's important to look at those risk factors when you're you're looking at this issue? The risk factors can inform us what the root causes of child maltreatment are. So when we better understand those factors, then we know the necessary support for families need, like what they need to be successful, which directly guides our work. So, for example, you know, we see like drug and alcohol abuse happening pretty highly in Hancock County. And so we offer parenting classes in for parents in treatment and recovery. We have support groups for parents in treatment and recovery, right? Like we've collaborated with Healthy Acadia's Inspire to provide those because we see the need. Or if we see parents who are having a need for, you know, more of a skills-based class, right? Like they just don't know how to parent, then we provide those skills. So if we know what the risk factors are and what we're seeing, then we can say, okay, this is what we need to offer here. And sometimes it could just be, you know, isolation is, can be a huge risk factor, right? You're alone. And so maybe all you need is a play group once a week to get out of your house and to play with other kids and other parents. So we, that's why we look at risk factors so closely. Okay. And that's actually why, as you know, why you were on the podcast um, the first time was to talk about the work that you do through the Inspire Recovery Center and how um, through your work, you're able to provide support to parents who are parenting during recovery. Um, And that makes perfect sense that those would be tied in. Now, according to what you're hearing and what the other councils are hearing, how has the pandemic affected the issue of child abuse and neglect? So, you know, as we all know, when the pandemic happened, we all kind of pulled back, we all went indoors. And so there were a lot of challenges brought to children's well-being and safety. And most, a big one was the rise of child abuse and neglect because a lot of schools and daycares closed. Many children were not, you know, getting out. They didn't have that extra set of eyes. So people weren't seeing like, oh, that doesn't seem, you know, regular. Maybe I need to intervene or provide supports. Um, You know, the isolation really played a big role in it because, you know, we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. And it was 
really hard to reach out and get out and find the things that you needed. Absolutely. And I think we probably, anyone who's parented during the pandemic um, has found that it's been challenging. It's not an easy thing. Um, many of us found that our work was impacted by having children home all the time. Um, really, there's nothing that the pandemic hasn't affected, um, but especially that family unit, I feel like in, in many ways has been hit hard. So speaking of that, how many actual cases of child abuse and neglect were there, were there or were reported in Maine last year? So unfortunately, right now, we don't have the data yet for 2021 from the Office of Children and Family Services. They're still analyzing and collecting that. But in 2020, yeah, 2020, almost said 2022, 2020, there were 123 cases of abuse in Washington County and 143 in Hancock County. And statewide, there were 4,437. Oh, my goodness. Uh, those numbers, as you said them, were much higher than I pictured. In fact, when you initially said the number for Washington County, I thought that was going to be the number for the state. Um, and so that that shows how important this kind of community education that you're doing really is. So speaking of that, as community members, what can we all do in our day-to-day -day life to minimize child abuse and neglect in our area? Yeah, so we've all heard the African proverb that says it takes a village to raise a child. Absolutely. Community is one of the most important things for family members. You know, when all families are thriving and healthy, then the community benefits. And so when communities can support families, right, the families benefit, right? Like it's, it's um, a symbiotic relationship, right? We're both growing and getting things out of it. So getting to know your neighbors and your coworkers parents of your children's friends, and just being involved in community, going to the events, um, you know, showing up, taking your neighbor cookies or something, you know, supporting families when they're in a difficult time. You know, we live, we live in small communities, right? So if something's going on, we all hear about it. Oh, absolutely. So if, you, if you hear about something and there's some way you can help, you know, go help, Pro fill a need if you can. And taking advantage of free public trainings that we offer to help community can minimize child abuse and neglect. Like we have several different series that we have that are community-based. So anything like that, just the biggest answer, right? Is like be involved, show up and be a part of your community. Absolutely. And I think it's important to note that um, there's so much support to be had in between parents um, because it can be something, especially I noticed having one child, so I had nothing to compare it to, um, that when I did get the opportunity to be around other parents, um, a lot of the things that I felt like I was experiencing uniquely were universal. And it was so comforting to know, like, I am not the only person um, who gets sharp with my kids at times when I didn't get enough sleep the night before, or said things that later on, I think to myself, oh, they're going to need therapy for that or something like that. It's, <laughs> it's just so nice to have that community support and to know and to hear from other parents that I wasn't alone. Um, and so I can imagine it, I, I wasn't parenting a young child during the pandemic, but I can only imagine that that was even more needed during that time. So speaking of that, what types of specific programs, you've alluded to a couple of them, 
but what, what types of programs do you offer to, to parents, to caregivers, um, different agencies in the community, even the general public to help us be better supports to parents? Yeah, so I like to say that we have every flavor, you know, just because nice. I think it's kind of funny. So we offer several programs for parents, caregivers, and community. You know, um, we all know parenting is tough work, and it's really important to know that you're not alone. So we offer a variety of supportive programs like playgroups. Um, we have the support groups, and the support groups, the biggest one right now is our parenting and treatment and recovery. But we also have one we're trying to start for parents of children aged zero to five. Because, you know, that's a tough time with a new, is. new little one. Um, we have concrete supports like diapers, wipes, formula. We have cribs. We do a winter clothing drive. Uh, we have parenting education classes. And those, like I said earlier, we have, you know, some that are based on relationships and some that are based on skills. Um, and we also offer professional trainings. Uh, some of the parenting education classes we have are ones that focus like on the first five years of life. Uh, then like parenting a five to a 12 year old group. Um, and we have a really great one. We have a couple that are about attachment parenting. And then I recently started um, a community-based nurturing class. And that's just an overview of what is nurturing? How do parents do it? What are all these different stages you go through? And um, like with our community trainings, you know, we have the Front Porch Project, which is all about um, child abuse and neglect and how to get involved. We have mandated reporter trainings, uh, else we have so many we have like infant safe sleep I mean we really have something for everyone I feel like excellent and I'm assuming um I will put your contact information in the show notes and people who are interested in those trainings coming from a variety whether it's a community agency or a parent I'm assuming they can reach out to you to find out what's available and and how they sign up for that oh yeah for sure they can call me they can email me they can even text me you know, how, however they want to get in, in touch with me with that contact info, like do it and I will respond to you and we will figure something out. Wonderful. That is exactly, I think that is music to any parent's ears is someone who's willing to be flexible and adaptable and creative and meet them where they're at. So that is amazing. Yeah. And as someone who would prefer to text rather than talk on the phone any day, I love that offer so much. Yeah, you you would, um, maybe you wouldn't be surprised, but some people would be. Most of the parents that I interact with, like, you know, will email or I'll call them. And then I always say, would you prefer to text? Yes, 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 yeah. And I'm like, great, me too. So, Absolutely. Like, a lot of our, like, are you coming to class? Or a lot of our check-ins, a lot of our scheduling, we're texting each other. You know, That's it's great. It's really great. I love that. Um, now, I mentioned this at the outset um, when I was doing my little intro, but April is actually National Child Abuse Prevention Month. So what is the Prevention Council doing um, in the community to kind of highlight that special month? Yeah, so April is Child Abuse Prevention Month. This year's theme is Growing a Better Tomorrow for All Children Together. And so living through the pandemic has reinforced the importance of building a better tomorrow for our children. And every day we help positive childhood experiences take root. So we're all very into that, like planting seeds and letting them yes. grow. And so what we are planting throughout Washington and Hancock County are pinwheels. Um, so pinwheels, you know, are a happy, uplifting symbol of childhood and have come to serve as the national symbol of the great childhoods we want for all children. 
and planting pinwheel gardens demonstrates how we can all support safe and great childhoods for all children. So if you go somewhere and you see some blue and silver pinwheels, they're from us. And they're just, you know, they're just to remind people and make people go, oh yeah, good childhood. Like they just make you happy when you see them. Absolutely. And I think that's so such a great idea of the planting because this is the time of year when we finally in Maine, we're thinking about spring and planting gardens and it, it just kind of all comes together and it's such a hopeful time. Um, yeah. So I'm going to look for sure. those pinwheels. Is there anywhere yeah. in particular that we should look in Hancock County that you know will see pinwheels? Yes, uh, CDS will have them and okay. uh, Ellsworth. I know they will have, theirs will probably be inside. We're doing little pots. They're pretty cute. Okay. Uh, the state police will have them. I know they, they offered. Who else? Um, I'm, I'm going to take some to WIC. I'm going to take some to Inspire. Um, we're also going to be distributing like bags throughout the community with program information, pinwheels, whoopie pies to raise awareness of <gasps> child abuse and prevention. Um, you'll get one. <laughs> I'm so and excited, especially when you said whoopie pie. That's yeah, my love language. Like, Ooh. Um, yes. And we'll be distributing some, um, oh my gosh, like bags, information things to schools too. So your kids might bring home some stuff that you'll see for um, about Child Abuse Awareness Month and about upcoming programs we might offer in the schools. So. Oh, neat. So are there special programs that are going on this month? Yeah, so in recognition of the special month, the Prevention Council is introducing two professional trainings, Mandated Reporter and the Front Porch Project. They're both free and are critical building blocks to protecting our children. Uh, so the Mandated Reporter training teaches participants to identify indicators of child abuse and neglect and how to make a report if abuse is suspected. You also get the certification, which lasts two years. So it's a really great program for professionals that work with kids. You know, a lot of those jobs require that. And so we offer that training for free. And then the Front Porch Project provides community members with the knowledge and skills and encouragement they need to take an active role in preventing abuse and neglect before it occurs. And that one I know for sure we're offering. I'm trying to offer it on the last Friday of this month, next month, and in June. And it's about, you know, it's about an hour training. It's really for community members. There's a lot of conversation that takes place in it. You know, it's not one of those um, trainings that you come to and like, you just look at a PowerPoint and you're like, when does this end? Right, You know, right. Like you get to talk and share stories and really get great skills. Um, I really, really like the Front Porch Project. And it came about from everyone has heard of Marissa Kennedy. You know, that like her case is what started the Front Porch Project. Okay, and that was the Stockton Springs case where I, I think it was in Stockton a few years ago. I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah I think okay. So. And it's just, you know, the more basically the idea behind the Front Porch Project is, you know, as community members, we see things every day. And some things may, like I like to say, you know, they might raise the hair on the back of your neck. You might go, oh. And so this is giving you the skills of what do you do when you feel that way? How do you react? What, like, how can you as just a regular person be involved and be involved at a level that's safe and comfortable for you? Exactly. So I'm going to commit right now, either in May or June, that I, I definitely personally want to take that training. Um, April, the last Friday of the month is actually um, part of the National Drug Take Back Day. So I will be on the island at the medical center um, collect. Well, I won't be collecting, but the sheriff. Um, the sheriff's <laughs> deputy that's with me 
will be collecting un, unwanted, unused medication so that we can get rid oh, of nice. it safely. Um, but either May or June, I definitely want to be there in the audience to take that course. So yeah, I bring your friends. Nice. Okay. That is great. And anyone that wants to join me, um, reach out. We can go as a group. We can do um, do it however you want. But I, I think this is an important thing for our community, especially in Dear Al Stonington, because we are so close knit um, yeah. to get educated and on. Right now they're, they're on Zoom, like they're playing, I'm offering them on Zoom. But if you have people in the Dear Al Stonington area that are like, oh, I want to take this and you've got a space, I am happy to come on down and set up and do it in person. You know, um, I, I will say I love the flexibility of Zoom. I love what it offers, but there's something very rich about being together in a room and talking about this stuff. I agree. So reach out to me, Daryl Stonington listeners. If you can do either the last Friday in May or the last Friday in June, let's see if we can get enough of us to have a live class down there, um, down here. And it will... Um, it will just enhance the experience and we can all see each other in person because it's probably been far too long since we've been in a room together. So contact me. I'll put my information in the show notes, get back to me and, and let's get something set up. Now, do you have a social media presence for these efforts? Yeah, we do. We have a very strong social media presence. We have an active Facebook and Instagram page. And so every Tuesday we post a toddler Tuesday video which is really cute. My colleague Barb does them. Usually her grandson helps her out and they do like a really fun toddler friendly activity. And then on Fridays, I do a family fun act video. And sometimes I call them my lovely assistants. Sometimes my Aww. kids come in and help. Sometimes they don't. But you know, <laughs> so we, we're posting these videos every week. Um, they're fun and engaging craft demonstrations or cooking segments with the hopes that parents can do these activities with their children. And you know, what we usually do are, you know, it's stuff that you would have around your house, right? Like I have done mug cake recipes, which was like super fun, right? And everyone was Neat. like, oh, I never thought of that. And, you know, um, my colleague, she just did, or she's doing um, dyeing eggs with whipped cream. Oh, I just read about that. In yeah, she was like, I'm going to try it. I can't wait. And I was like, I can't wait to watch your video when you do that. That sounds really fun. I'm, I'm know, like and, a little skeeved out by the article, though, because it said something about licking the eggs. And I don't think that's safe. But um, you can also just wash the, the Cool Whip and food coloring off from it. And I think that's that'll work, too. So, yeah, I, I mean, just, I, I would totally lick an egg that just had like Cool Whip and food whip food dye on okay, it. Okay. See, like, it's just, it's me being <laughs> me. I'm, I have, I mean, to if always... it was a fresh egg and it hadn't been washed, you know, yeah. if you just took it out of the coop, I would not lick it. Well, <laughs> I, I, I was like a little weirded out by it, but I get, I get like that about things. So it probably was just me. Um, but I just read about that and I thought what a cool idea and like how safe, because it's just cool whip and food coloring. It's not yeah. dyes or anything like that. Yeah. So. And so like that, what, what you said, right? Like that's the idea behind the, the videos, right? Is taking these fun things that you can do at home with stuff you probably have kicking around and, right. you know, do it with your kids. A lot of the time parents will find it really hard to find a healthy and engaging activity to do with their kid. You know, they want to do things, but they're like, I don't know what to do with these guys. And right. the benefit of the pandemic, when it started, I remember 
every organization out there was like, we're doing this, 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 this. They had all these videos and all this stuff. And that's how this came about. We were like, we can do that. We can provide these activities. And it's just a simple way, you know, parents can spend their three minutes long, you know, or, or less and watch it with their kids. And then, you know, they will see how, how to spend time with their children and do it in a healthy, fun way. And so we hope that the videos can give them ideas and inspire them to go, oh, okay, I can do this. Like, oh, this is is really simple. I love it. So how does someone contact the prevention council or, or get access to the videos and things like that? So you can go to our website, which is sun-rise.org and click on the tab with the prevention council. It's right in the middle of it. So you'll see it. Um, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also email me directly at ssteiger at sunrise.org. And I will have you put that in the um, show notes because sure. my last name is spelled kind of funny. <laughs> or you can call us at 255-8273. And then I'll also have you put um, my phone number in the, in the comments so you can call or text me. That's right. The text is available. We all love the text. I'm just going to say it again. Yeah. Um, so lastly, in our discussion here, if my listeners, if they've listened to this whole episode and there's, there's a specific incident that just keeps coming back to their mind, what should someone do if they suspect child abuse and neglect? So if you do suspect child abuse and neglect in your community, you can call the intake hotline at 1-800-452-1999. It's important to know that you don't need to know all of the information about the situation to make the call. Child Protective Services will gather the necessary information. Your role is only to report suspected abuse and neglect. You don't need to prove it. You don't need to have, you know, you don't need to put in all of your opinions or anything. You just need to tell them what they know. They're really nice. You know, if they don't answer, you leave a message and they call you right back and they ask really great questions. You know, I've, I've made a few calls and they were great. I was really impressed. You know, it's very professional. And for anyone that gets, that feels anxiety about this, because I definitely was very anxious about it. It's the process is not, it's, it's not bad. It's not, it's not horrible. It's not like, oh my gosh, this was the worst thing I've ever done. You know, it's simple. So just call that number 1-800-452-1999 and they will walk, talk you through everything. They'll get everything they need and you can report anonymously. You don't have to give your name unless you are a mandated reporter, then you have to. But if you're just a citizen out in the world, you can be anonymous and they won't share that information out. Perfect. Savannah, this has been educational. It's been fun. It's been all the things that talking with you involves. Um, I just really appreciate the work that you and your colleagues are doing in the communities of Hancock County and Washington counties. Um, This is not an easy issue and it's not, it's not something where there's one root cause and there's one action. It, it's constantly evolving. It's sometimes hard to talk about um, but we need to have these conversations. And I'm just so thankful that there's someone like you in the seat who can have the, the conversations that need to happen, but also bring some lightheartedness and, some, and a lot of support with it because I think that's needed. Now, I never end my podcast without this question. Um, I have one of two questions. I'm gonna give you the joy question. What is bringing you joy right now? 
Uh, it's 50 degrees outside. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's 50 degrees outside. So that, that has been super, super great. Um, I went out of my house without a coat on this morning. I did regret it a little bit, but yes. I was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'll just take it with me. So, so I'm going to add it's sunny and 50 today because yeah, it is. And so you'll see if you go to any of the places that our pinwheels are at, you're going to see them shining in the sun because they're shiny. That's perfect. And um, you are perfect for this job. I can't tell you enough how thankful I am that you are in the seat you're in. Thank you, Savannah, for another wonderful conversation. I know we'll talk again soon. And really, um, best wishes with all of your efforts for April. You are making a difference and saving lives. And um, I just think you're amazing. So go forth and have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Thank you for giving me the time to, to talk about this. Anytime.